0: Hey, thanks for listening. This is not our normal sermon to open up the series, but this is Thomas Nelson and my good friend.
1: We're good friends? Yeah, we're good friends. Oh, man. That's great.
0: Will the Thrill Carlisle. Come on. Also known as Bill. Also known as Bill. We're so so excited to get to walk with you through the book of Acts. I think it's going to be a really cool book. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Looking last night in the first 14 verses of chapter one, we got to see the beginning of the church. Now the church is like, is still in the process of being born in mm-hmm. chapter one. And uh, and so we're gonna see the first fruits of the church, that is new believers in Christ in chapter two. But this is how it happened. And uh, a little backdrop, Luke wrote mm-hmm. the book of Acts. So he wrote two volumes. He wrote the life and times of Jesus. but mm-hmm. then he writes, after the ascension of Jesus, basically through the end of the ministry of Paul, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he he recorded a lot, and he's trying to be an evangelist with his writings, yeah, while keeping historic records, yeah, of here's what happened. I'm,
1: this is actually really crazy because I, I I obviously knew we were about to start Acts. I just finished up Hebrews for like my own kind of reading, yeah, and I haven't read like a gospel account in a while, and so I was like, you know, I really want to read Luke because I feel like it's it's just awesome, and I don't. Yeah, like I, I obviously know Luke, but I feel like not super familiar. And then, so I'm about to start it, and I'm excited to kind of read like both volumes, and it could be a cool thing to do for anyone else looking for something to read. Like it's a great idea. Read Act One you know they're both letters or books to Theophilus. That's right. Um, but yeah, one is kind of covering the life of Jesus, and the other is covering the, you know, you you kind of made this point um but uh, at least i can't remember if you made it last night but
0: if, if it was really good <laughs> not <I'm> just kidding <laughs> no I'm kidding.
1: but it's uh basically the you at least said in conversation how we it's often referred to as the acts of the apostles is kind of like the historic name of the book yeah we talked about that yeah. in the graphic for the yeah. series design but the graphic really yeah. so like the traditional name is like the acts of the apostles but really it's like the acts of the holy spirit that's right which is a really you know interesting like sure the book talks about, you know, these main figures in the church, but really what it's documenting is, well, documenting. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, <laughs> that's, that is a word. That's advanced, um, yes. And I'm going to roll with it.
0: He's documenting the uh, the acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and I think that's an important distinction, and your Bible's not wrong if your Bible no, has yeah, that as a heading. Yeah. It is the acts of the apostles recorded. Sure. But if we're not careful, that little nuance can turn into... A self-empowering reading mm-hmm. of I can do these things.
1: Or or a self like I guess separative, you know, it's like yeah, almost yeah. like they had this communion with God that we don't have access to. That's right. So yeah, it can kind of go either ways.
0: So let's let's do this, Will. Let's actually read the 14 verses. If you're driving and listening to this, it'll be great. If you're walking and listening to this, it'll be great. If you're running, don't lose your pace. All right, <laughs> here we go. In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Obviously, he's talking about the book of Luke there. Mm -hmm. Until Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And when he said these things, As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. When they were gazing up into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, he'll come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Mm. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, so <clears throat> the chapter goes on. It talks about how they picked the the next disciple. We didn't get into that, and that that is indicative of a Several places in the book of Acts, we will not have time to walk through every detail. I'm just not making time to yeah. walk through every yeah. detail, but we are trying to get three things out of this book. We want to see the biblical story unfold through the birth of the church. Mm-hmm. We want to have a right understanding of the church. And mm-hmm. then what is my role in it today? Yeah. And then we want some practical application. Absolutely, It's always good to study the Bible and not look for me. Mm-hmm. But it sure is nice when the Lord shows me something about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Totally. So we want we want some teeth and to say there's yeah. a practical takeaway from every time we study this book. Yeah. It's a lamp to our feet. That's right, and a yeah. light to our path. And so I'll just go ahead and give you, uh, I'll just go ahead and give you the the hook. We're going to get into the idea of waiting. Mm-hmm. That's going to be our take home. Yeah.
1: Um, C- can I make a quick little like stab at something that we didn't please. really get into last night? Yeah about theophilus
0: ah yes tell us about i I think this is like an
1: interesting i'm i'm a huge sucker especially for these new testament books that are kind of like letters like to put ourselves in the perspective of like who the person is that's writing and receiving and everything yeah yeah, yeah. so theophilus literally means friend of god and i
0: hear that there's there's Theo Theo, God in there. Yeah. Yeah. And And you kind of hear phileo in there, which is like friend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So friend of God, love of God. And so basically like there it's kind of scholars often conclude that this is a a high ranking Roman official who is persuaded by and new to the faith or, you know, and so Luke is kind of coming alongside and, and, you know, yeah. Documenting or documentering. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> There's that word again. Yep, yep, yep. It's our theme. We're sponsored by documentering.
1: Yep. And he, but yeah, he's he's unloading the the Christian faith. And I think it is just interesting, you know, to be a Roman official at this time during the persecution of the church and like these early days who is, you know, becoming a friend of God. Like, I think it's, uh, this is, you know, Will Carlos speculation, but. In the book of Acts, we see a ton of nicknaming. Like Barnabas means "son of encouragement" because right, he was yeah. like the most encouraging. And so, like I think there's a, a decent chance that this guy is, is, you know, Roman official. He's very much kind of putting his neck out on the line. Sure he is. And yeah,
0: literally, yes.
1: So it, it's just interesting to read these words, especially as we talk about this idea of waiting and the faith that's involved there, through the lens of you know this is written to somebody who is investigating the faith at great mm-hmm. risk to themselves and their position.
0: That's, that's important to remember that this was a dangerous faith. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This, this book was written at a dangerous time and to become a follower of Christ, it's a dangerous faith and that can get lost on us. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's, that's a good reminder. Not to derail. but no, no, yeah. no, that doesn't derail that, that helps. It adds some color to the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what i What I want to do is just walk us kind of quickly through the the pieces of this and get to this idea that I said we would come to the yeah. the teeth so uh I think the one of the questions we have to ask is what happens in the book of Acts overall? Well, the gospel goes out. yeah you and I are sitting here in Atlanta, Georgia, recording a podcast because the gospel didn't stop mm. in Jerusalem, yeah, it got to us, yeah. which is just awesome. Amen. Now the big question is for each new generation of believers does the gospel stop with me mm. or does it keep going? Yeah. That's like a really strong current throughout this book. It just pushes you to say is the gospel going to stop with me or am I going to be as Paul said in Romans not ashamed of the gospel?
1: Yeah. And that was one of the most convicting points of last night for me was you you made that point that the Holy Spirit was primarily given to the apostles so that they could be empowered to take the good news of Jesus to other people. And it's so easy to live in this mindset that the Holy Spirit was given to us for personal victory, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the songs that we sing about the Holy Spirit and the power we have in God is very like me-centric. That's right. And not mission-centric. And um, yeah, so that, that idea of this is about the gospel going out. It's so compelling.
0: Yeah, and and it it makes you ask the question. Okay, what was the expectation of being a Christ follower for the first century church, and is it any different for me? Mm-hmm. And I think we'll see as the book goes on. Like it can't be. Yeah. The the mission and ministry of Christ didn't change. Yeah. They were just the pioneers. Yeah. yeah In yeah. fact, it should maybe even be more efficient for me. Mm. They've paved the the four minute mile has happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We're not trying to have any first here. Mm-hmm. We're just continuing the effort. Uh so the the first few verses one through three, you know, the introduction of Theophilus, who he's writing it to, he talks about um the commandments that Jesus gave the <laughs> disciples, how Jesus was uh visible to so many people. It says in verse three, he presented himself alive to them after after his sufferings by many proofs uh, he appeared for 40 days speaking to them about the kingdom. Uh, I mean, if you want to go back and read something, I'd go to the book you're reading now go to Luke, go to the last chapter verses 44 through really 53, the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. basically these first few verses, he's giving a recap of what he's already written. Mm-hmm. And in that chapter in Luke 24, it's really cool. You get the road to Emmaus, you get uh, Mary Magdala, you get Joanna, um, you get the appearance to, to the, the disciples. Yeah. You get a, a pretty incredible snapshot of what Jesus was like after the resurrection, but mm. he almost seems like he's in a hurry after the resurrection. Yeah, You almost kind of get this like rushed <laughs> vibe of, I have 40 days left and I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, okay, everything ended when Jesus rose. It was almost like everything starts. Yeah, no, Totally. Uh, and so there's a little bit of like urgency here. Then you get to these two verses, four and five, that are very interesting. Uh, he says, and while staying with them, this is Jesus, he was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John the, John baptized by water, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Those are two verses we're gonna come back to in a minute. After that, you have uh, you have them ask a very interesting question. Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? <laughs> so you can see that the disciples were like, okay, you rose from the dead. Like, yeah. are you going to come and be the king now? Let's get these Romans out of here. <laughs> Let's get these Romans out. Now, somebody told me this. This is not an original thought, but I think it's great. It's not a it's not a dumb question to ask. They didn't understand that yeah. the world needed to be saved, that like the gospel needed to go mm-hmm. out. They were just like, Okay, you conquered sin and death. We're a part of that. So that's good. Yeah. Now just like come back and make everything right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's easy, you know, I I think I'm guilty of this, but it's easy to kind of crap on like the disciples and people from that time for thinking that Jesus was gonna literally come up in the Roman Empire. Like it's easy for us now to be like, No, of course not. Like he was building a heavenly kingdom. But like if you kinda take off the Jesus lens and read these old passages like in my Bible study this morning we were walking through Micah. Yeah. And we were in Micah five, and it's like it really does sound like a lot more immediate than you know the plan of god actually sets forth
0: yes it does that's a really good point and and when we read it that way it, it, as though we were there mm-hmm. it makes so much more sense and there's so much more grace in the situation and honestly we make mistakes like this all the time oh yeah we misunderstand god all the time yeah probably more than we yes. <laughs> yeah yeah yes we do it? and uh, This is an interesting idea. The past is easier to believe than the future. Oh, yeah. So we look back on the past and we're like, of course, of course, of course. And then, same as the disciples. I'm sure they were the same. Mm -hmm. When Jesus talked about the future, that's a little harder to swallow. Mm -hmm. And for 40 days, he talked about the future. Yeah. Uh, Now, he was referring to the resurrection, God's big plan throughout the scriptures, but he was aiming all that towards the future. That's hard to believe. Yeah. So... He, he talks about all these, all these things, um, of the, the resurrection, uh, the restoration of the kingdom. And he says something interesting in verse eight, when they're like, are you going to restore the kingdom in verse eight? He basically says, you guys, and it's, it transfers to us too. You guys are re- going to, are going to restore the kingdom until I finally come and totally restore it. Yeah. And that's where you talked about the Holy spirit. I'll read verse eight. We can talk about it for a second but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. They said, are you gonna come and restore the kingdom? And he said, you guys. Mm. And that's where we get that word, the the word power, we get our word dynamite from.
1: Mm.
0: He says, you're gonna have incredible power, incredible power to help restore the kingdom and the problem that we do, and this is what you just said, we make the Holy Spirit like a concierge service. Uh, you know, yeah. Lord, give me, uh, give me a good parking spot. Yeah, um, help things to be a little better with my friends. Help me to get a date. Help me to have a little more money. Help me to do this. Help this happen. Help me not to sin as much. Mm-hmm. We we kind of dumb the Holy Spirit down. And we lose the fact that the first gi- the, the first giving of the Holy Spirit, the description behind it is power to be a witness. Mm, mm-hmm. We know that he gives us hope in Romans 15:13. We know he gives us fellowship in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, joy, 1 Thessalonians 1:6, 1, conviction of sin, John 16:8. He intercedes for us, the Holy Spirit does in Romans 8, 26, and 27. The Holy Spirit does incredible things to help our lives. Give testimony to the witness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's we need to remember, Holy Spirit is not here for my good pleasure and my better parking spots. Yeah. Holy Spirit is here to transform me into the likeness of Christ, mm. that I might be a more effective witness for Christ.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So that's that's good. So now you need to write a new worship song about the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we keep going and We see we see them leave. Jesus ascends to heaven. It is funny that the 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 two angels appear next to him and they're like, "What are you guys looking at?" Yeah. (laughs) What? Um, What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Why don't y'all like? He'll come back. You got work Mm, to do. Yeah. Sometimes I get like that on like Tuesday night or Sunday after a really good worship service. I just kind of want to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's like those two guys in the white are like, "What are you doing? You got work to do." Mhm. But their immediate
1: action that they have to go get to is waiting.
0: <laughs> so fascinating, Will. Yeah. Like they don't go Peter doesn't
1: go preach his sermon, right?
0: That's right here. No. And so if you go back and you look at verses 4 and 5, most people skip to verse 5 and they talk about the baptism. The baptism of water, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's really easy to get hung up on those we will talk about those as we go through this book. Yeah. But what I see when I look at those verses is that he ordered them to wait. Mm-hmm. Verse four, he ordered them not to depart, but to wait. And it's this incredible idea that Jesus ordains waiting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I this is just another thing that we were talking about this morning, um, in my little Bible study, when we're kind of talking about prophecy and, and how things, you know, these, these huge themes throughout scripture don't play out like people expected them to. And like we expect them to. Yeah. And, you know, I think this, this is kind of an image that has, I've heard used elsewhere, but there's this idea of like when you're looking at a mountain range, you know, like if you go out West and, and you see like the, the Rocky mountains or something yeah, and they're on the horizon, you're, like, you're staying on a big plateau and there's, there's these mountains on the horizon. Is this a plug for the young adult ski trip? <laughs> That's what I'm getting. I to. like it. All right, good, yeah, good, yeah. good. That's good. But when you go out, to copper mountain with us and you're looking at mountains yeah february through you get you get this sense that you know especially when you're in a big plateau Mm -hmm. like in you know like moab utah or something you you get the sense that if you just like walk out and and drive out to those mountains you'll get there and then like there's all these mountains that are on top of each other yeah but really like there's one mountain and then miles and miles and miles and then another mountain you know they're they're so spread out there's valleys there's space there's lakes there's plateaus all in between these mountains yeah but when you look at it from a distance it it looks like it's bam 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 like all like a big chain of mountains next to each other and that's really helpful for me because yeah like when they leave the presence of Jesus ascending they don't just go start preaching sermons and writing books they go into the upper room and wait and we'll get into this later in the book but when Paul becomes a believer he actually goes and makes tents for years and years and years and years That's right. before even thinking about becoming a missionary. And so as we read this book it's important to see the valleys and plateaus between these huge these huge events because yeah. it's easy for me to be discouraged by the book of acts ironically because it's easy to be like man like these guys had all this awesome stuff happening all the time and like my life with the holy spirit is just like kind of like normal life, you know.
0: This is their Instagram reel. This is their TikTok. This yeah. is like their greatest, <laughs> yeah. this is their greatest the moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of waiting. And mm-hmm. that's really, that's really important. I really like that analogy because who made the mountains? Yeah. I mean, God made the mountains. Yeah. Who made the distance between the mountains? Well, God made the distance between the mountains. Mm-hmm. He, he made seasons of waiting for us. Yeah. And they're just as common as eating and sleeping in his economy. Yep. Yeah. Like it's not a, I think it's easy to view a season of waiting as a punishment. Mm. You're just not good enough yet.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like you're just not ready. Mm. And it's cool that he's calling you to something else or maybe the thing's not ready. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that life is on hold. Yeah. Um, It's up for debate. But I first heard uh, an old guy say this one time from the pulpit. Life is what's happening while you're waiting for it to start. Mm, Yeah, it is. This idea of waiting is so it's so important for us to understand. You might be waiting for God may have put some incredible ministry on your heart and you're like, when is that going to happen? Well, you don't just get to pause your life in there. Mm -hmm. You may have a real desire to be a husband or a wife or have a family or do this, go be a missionary, whatever it is, a godly desire, but it hasn't happened right now. Mm. That doesn't mean you stop your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: This is a season that God has put you in of wait, and he still has things for you to do. Yeah. So I want to give like uh, maybe some uh, practical tips if you're in a season of waiting. One would be uh, these four little words. It would be pray, do, the word strength, and then remember. I think you I think prayer is so important in a season of waiting. Mm. In Luke 5 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So, like, man, pray. Pray when you're in the season of waiting. Yeah. And man, I I throw up like little tiny prayers sometimes. Like if my prayers were written down and people read them, they would be like, hmm, that doesn't seem super deep or like really, really concentrated. But I just try to like not keep a very short list between me and the Lord. Yeah. I try to just like throw stuff out all the time in prayer, mm-hmm. um, and I think the the second one do is really important. The disciples did the last thing Jesus told them: go and wait. So they went and they prayed and waited. Yeah, there's always something to do in the waiting.
1: Yeah, do the next right thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: do the next right thing. What was the last thing God told you? We'll keep doing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that's really important. He can take. He will take care of the arrival of the Holy spirit, he will take care of the arrival of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think this like Nehemiah eight, 10 is really powerful. I just couldn't think of a good word. So I just put the word strength in there, but Nehemiah eight, 10 says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So many people in a season of waiting when it, when it's over, they look back and they regret how miserable they made themselves. Yeah. Yeah. The joy of the Lord's our strength in waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay to smile and just say it's going to work out. Mm hmm. Somehow or another, God's going to resolve this, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, like Give yourself a little bit of a break and let God do some of the work. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> um, and then I think this is just a little cliche line that I wrote out, but remember, a divine weight, a, a weight that God has called you into, a divine weight, begs a divine conclusion. Mm. Gosh, yeah. That is so good. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If God puts you in a, in a weight, it is a divine weight. Yeah. Have you heard uh uh Fool's Gold by Sandra McCracken? I think I I think I have. I can't recall the lyrics, but I've listened to some Sandra.
1: It's a it's a great song. This is um these lines are from that song. But if it's not okay, then it is not the end. And this is not okay. So I know this is not the end.
0: Mm, that's good. Come on. <laughs> that's so good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you know, Sandra gets it. She's like, if the Lord puts me here, the Lord can get me out. Yeah. And when the Lord responds, it's unmistakable. Absolutely. The guys could have manufactured, like, oh, I think I got the Holy Spirit today and gone out, maybe had some results. Maybe somebody would be interested in Jesus. Sure. But they waited until they knew we have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then they set off in the Holy Spirit and miracles happened. Yeah they had a divine response to their divine weight.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Don't jump the gun. <laughs> Wait it out.
1: And, you know, I think uh, this is uh, it's really hitting on all these, but especially the prayer and the strength and, like, the joy of the Lord, like those those two points yeah. of those tips. But I, I think any, any believer who has, you know, I, I would say really, like, any believer who's walked with the Lord for an amount of time, but especially... You know, the people who've really walked with the Lord faithfully for a long time. Yeah. Can, like, if you ask them what seasons of their life did they experience the greatest fellowship with the Lord? Yeah. It, it wasn't the mountaintops, you know, more often than not. Like, it's those seasons where we learn to, to lean on the Lord because we have no strength of our own to lean into. Those are where fellowship with God yes. and joy of the Lord is you know there's no other joy to to feel except to know that God is working through your
0: story. Well, can I give a little personal testimony to that? I would love you. Yeah. When I, before we, before I came on staff, I always say we, I mean, Heather's like, it was like a two for one, right? Oh but, yeah. Um, but like when, before I came on staff, before Heather and I were a part of Christ's covenant, I had a couple of moments with a little bit of like, I would think they were probably panic attacks. I would wake mm-hmm. up and my chest would hurt and I was breathing, like I couldn't catch my breath. I'd never had that before. Mm. And I was begging the Lord to like do something, yeah, I felt like I needed a change. I felt like there was more for me to do in ministry that I wasn't being able to do where i was and and that's not to say where I was wasn't great, it was, yeah, but I couldn't have manufactured an experience like we've had at Christ's Covenant with all the young adults, with the team that we've got. It's just been beautiful, it's been wonderful. It is a divine response to a divine weight, yeah. But so often my mind goes back to those moments of crying out to the Lord because in the midst of that, there was something really sweet. Mm-hmm. Like he was like right next to me. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like we're busy and we're doing ministry and things are happening it's incredible. And that sweetness of the Lord isn't gone, but it's different.
1: Yeah. And you you probably have to strain a little bit more to like push yourself into it, you know, yeah. and to... to... Like it's not as easily accessible for your mind. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I,
0: I don't want to go back to the panic attacks. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, <laughs> but, no. But there was something really sweet in those moments, and then to see him answer the prayers and to see what he's done, it's just incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I I experienced before, before moving to Atlanta. There was a year that was really like. Especially a six-month period that was like really, really challenging, where I was really struggling with like intrusive thoughts and, and fear, mm-hmm. and um, just just like really deep stuff, which is you know a story I would love to share in another context. But like,
0: I how about ski trip twenty twenty three February eighth through the twelfth in Colorado?
1: Uh, how about then? That'd okay. be a great time to yeah. share it.
0: Um, but
1: yeah, so it, it was it was a really challenging time. But I remember coming to that conclusion of like, I know that I will like, this is not me. And this is, I don't feel like myself, but like mm-hmm. that must mean that a season is coming where, you know, this is, you know, it really just, that's why I resonate so much with those lines from Sandra McCracken. But it was like, I just know, knew like, this is not okay. Like this is not what is promised to me, you know, like, yes, and so, that must mean that the Lord is, is working something awesome. And and really like that season just opened up like such a, a radically more vibrant sense of faith and Mm -hmm. and conviction for me. And it ultimately, you know, landed me at Christ's covenant as well. And and Mm -hmm. with like this context for my faith that I wouldn't have had if it was always just, you know, easy and joyful. And so, yeah, I, 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 I resonate with that so deeply, as well.
0: You know, you think about those those disciples, and really, later on we find out there were 120 people crammed in that upper room. And you know they had to be thinking very similar thoughts of, Jesus, you didn't die on the cross, you didn't raise from the dead, you didn't spend 40 days with us to keep us in a room, <laughs> just all sweaty and next to each other. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And they, And yet, in that they didn't give up waiting on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Isaiah forty thirty one, 31, right? Come on. Those who wait, even youths grow tired and weary, but those who wait on the Lord, yeah. they will renew their strength and they will mount up on wings like eagles. Yeah. There's something beautiful about the whole biblical narrative of waiting on the Lord. So if you're waiting, just know that waiting is normal. Mm-hmm. Most all of us are waiting for something, Yeah. right? but waiting in community is better. Mm-hmm. Kate Clark, if you if you know who Kate is, Kate works here. She's a young adult. Kate was texting with me before this sermon and she said it's been so much easier to wait in community. Have a few oh, trusted people yeah. that know what's happening, that are praying for you, that are also going to keep you from jumping the gun and getting ahead of God. Yeah, it's good to have some Christian friends that'll help you be patient. Yeah. Absolutely. Um you know, I I just want you to know that oh, I just want to remind people that when the Lord shows up, it will be obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lines we were talking about lines, our parents said earlier, <laughs> one of the lines that my mom used to say to me was, you know, Satan often gives his best right before God gives his best. Ooh, I love that. And it's so true. So many people have have quit waiting on the Lord because the next best thing showed up. Yeah. Not God's best. Yeah. But they were like, ah, this this is fine. Yeah. And, you know, I think
1: it's easy. I, I have a pretty critical, like, deconstructive mind. And so just to appeal to, to that mind that's like, okay, all this talk about waiting just based off, like, this one sentence in Acts, like, is this just, like, a massive, like, rabbit trail that we're, like, yeah. you know, building off of for fun? And I would say, like, that it is so so important to realize that this is the context of everything else that's coming down the pike and to camp out in in this little plateau that that we see mentioned here is so important because you know, I, it's all throughout scripture. I mean, you know, all over think about the, the story of Abraham, like he's promised a son and then for 25 years, he's just waiting. Yeah. And, and not, <laughs> not even just waiting, but he's, he's exiled to two foreign countries mm-hmm. that are where he's endangered. He's, you know, shepherding in this thorny Rocky Valley. Yeah. He's, you know, his wife loses faith and, and you know, gives him the house slave to, you know, conceive. And and it's like such a messy story, but I think it's so easy to just read all of that stuff out of these biblical stories. And so it's, this is like such helpful framework.
0: It's, it's so important for us to understand that, like we said just a second ago, waiting is very normal. Mm -hmm. It's very normal. Uh, I I think about the creation account, Mm -hmm. and this is maybe a little bit more poetic, certainly reading between the lines, but Every night that God made had to wait on the day to finish. Yeah. Every day that the Lord made in the creation account had to wait on the night to finish. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's it's remained true. He has built waiting into the rhythms of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not a punishment. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's normal. Yeah. For God to say, "I want you to wait, and I want you to draw near to me in the waiting." Mm -hmm. Um. I, I won't go into it and I don't have it in front of me, but there's a sweet little children's book and I know it's a children's book, but it's uh if you have a nephew or a niece or, um, or a child, it's by Lisa Turquist. I can't ever say her Turquist. name. Yeah. Turkhurst, That's exactly right. And it's called, it will be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of a little seed that has to wait. Yeah. The story of a little fox that has to wait on his friend, the seed. Yeah. But they learn to trust that the farmer is good and he is kind. Hmm. And he's an analogy for the Lord who is good and kind and puts us in seasons of waiting. Yeah. So, man, it's just important for us to remember Jesus ordains the seasons of waiting. Mm -hmm. Jesus certainly knows waiting. And there's no better person to wait with than the one who has waited so often on us. Mm. I love that little line from uh, the Benjamin Hastings song, Seasons. What a guy. What a guy. Where he says, you could have saved us in an instant but instead you sent a child. Yeah. The Lord is so good at waiting. Yeah. And the better we get at waiting, the better we'll understand him and we'll draw close to him.
1: Absolutely. And you know, my so that song seasons actually my sister uh, or one of my sisters, she was in a a really hard and trying season of waiting. And that was like, she she actually introduced me to that song, and um ultimately to Benjamin Hastings, for which I'm deeply grateful. Come on. um but yeah, she that was like a song that was like a total lifeline to her and it's it's like a just stunningly beautiful poetic song that really it it kind of meditates on that idea of the seasons that God brings us through and and you know, the scripture is filled with probably more agricultural metaphors yeah. than anything else, <laughs> yeah, you know, yep. and um, I even, you know, the fact that the biblical story like begins and ends in a garden and that Jesus is mistaken as a gardener after, you That's know, right. he, he resurrects. And so it's chock full of that. But anyways, the this song was like such a lifeline, like this idea that nature itself acquaints us, uh, as Benjamin Hastings says, it yeah. acquaints us with the nature of patience and that's so good and and now that season it's resolved for my sister and now that song about waiting which was like this comfort in this hard place is now it just like brings so much joy even to me as having watched that there's this layer of like man the lord was so faithful through that and that season wasn't just like a it wasn't just being like on hold with the Holy spirit and you know, there's like bad music playing in the background and you're just waiting for the customer service rep. But it was actually a season of incredible preparation Mm -hmm. and, and molding and comforting and deepening of faith. So man,
0: well, I I hope as we've reflected on this opening passage, we've really kind of tried to flesh out the idea of waiting that if you're in that season, you'll realize the gardener is good, Amen. and he's cultivating something beautiful, and he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. let him finish. Amen. Don't jump ship on the Lord, let him finish, and it will be for your good pleasure, and it will be for his glory. Yeah, I'll read a benediction, and then we'll close it out. From Psalm 34, 12 through 16, also quoted in First Peter 3, 10 through 12. Whoever desires to live life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Yeah. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Thomas Nelson. Thanks for listening.
1: Once again, thank you for listening to the Sermon Talkback podcast. If you have any other questions after listening or if there's anything else you'd like to discuss with one of our pastors, please don't hesitate to engage our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And once again, if you'd like to find more resources from our church like this one, please visit ChristCovenant.com forward slash resources. Thank you and have a blessed week.